Welcome to the Redeemed Women Podcast. I'm your host, Paige Bierman. Today's episode is with Melissa Ritchie. Melissa is wife to Thomas, who is an elder here. They also serve as home group leaders. They have three kiddos, um, spanning an age from 13 to 9, and they have been at Redeemer since it began. Um, Their oldest daughter was actually born the week that Redeemer had its first service. Um, So, so much fun to just remember and reflect with her. And I'll be honest with you guys, we both had notes and I had a list of questions. And I think at one point my questions completely fell on the ground. I just felt like we were sitting down having a cup of coffee and chatting. Um, I so appreciate the wisdom that Melissa shares a lot about marriage um, and parenting and what the last 17 years of her marriage has looked like. Um, There have been many different seasons and hardships and joys, um, and she really just kind of walks us through a lot that she has learned, um, particularly in having a spouse with a demanding work schedule. Um, I know that many of our members and many of my own friends have husbands with long, long hours, and especially when there are kids at home, it can be really tiring. So Melissa gives us some great advice, great things to think through, and um, just a real encouragement to keep on keeping on. Um, So without further ado, here is my conversation with Melissa Ritchie. Obviously, I'm really excited to talk to you. I was thinking about like when you first came on my radar Mm -hmm. um, and it's actually like borderline creepy because when we first came to Redeemer, we knew the Felthams who were in your home group at the time. And you guys, so Richie's and the Johnson's always like sat by each other Mm -hmm. or like the pew right behind one another or something like that. And I followed Brian on Instagram because I was like the wedding photography person. Um. And so it was like super weird when I started coming to church here and I saw him and I was like borderline fangirling. Like, I can't really talk to him. Like, I've been following him on Instagram for like two years. It's crazy. Um, But then Meg and Danny were in your home group and they were like, oh, we love the Richies. They're great. And he was obviously transitioning into his career in law. Mm -hmm. And so we had just heard so much about you. So I feel like I've known you for longer than we've actually known each other. But I knew you through proxy, like with the Felthams. Yeah. What year? That was this church building, I'm assuming. It was, the, it was 2014. 2014. We all moved okay. here at the same yep, time. Right. I yeah. remember meeting Danny before Meg at a, yeah. um, cof- what was it called? Theological Talk Back yeah. at Cantina. Because he was like doing internships he was and stuff. Thomas, yeah. yeah. That's how we met him. Yeah, so, I love so that. They're here. So um, I've given my creepy version of how I know you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so will you let everyone else know just kind of. Who are you, yeah. upbringing, family, that kind of stuff. Okay, yeah. yeah. So I am Melissa Ritchie, and my husband is Thomas. We have three kids, Vale, Beck, and Calvin. And they are 13, 10, and 9 right now. Um, I grew up in a family of four. So I had mom and dad and then a sister, which I feel like it blows people's minds half the time. It totally blew my mind. Yes. Yes. So my sister is Aaron Francisco. Um, and so people... <laughs> A lot of people know that, and a lot of people don't. And when they figure it out, they're like, oh, my goodness, yes, that makes so much sense. Yes. So um, 
she's my sister and we have we've followed very similar paths to lead us both to redeemer which is fun our husbands even went to church together growing mm-hmm. up oh that's right like didn't really know each other yeah but yeah it's funny so i grew up in south georgia um i became a christian at a very young age it's my earliest memory actually wow. my, my parents became believers right before i became a christian and i still remember asking my mom about um what it meant to know the Lord. And I feel like I, I was four. I was very young. Wow. But I, as much as a four-year-old could understand their need for Jesus, like I, I needed Jesus mm-hmm. and I knew I needed him. And I was baptized um, very young. And I think my faith matured through my childhood, but really became so much deeper once I went to college. So I graduated from high school in South Georgia and decided to go to Samford. Kind of last minute, I was going to go to the University of Georgia and then ended up at Samford. Mm-hmm. And that different was kind of bulldog, different Sorry. kind of bulldog, but a different kind of vibe all the way yeah, around. That's true. That's very true. <laughs> um, which ironically, the same thing happened to Thomas. He, we didn't know each other until college, mm-hmm. but he was going to go to Georgia and kind of last minute decided to go to Sanford. So huh. the Lord brought us there um, in the year 2000. So we're getting pretty old. But um, <laughs> we actually met our freshman year because we drove the same car, a turquoise Toyota Corolla 1994. Nice. And my first car was a Corolla and I drove it until it literally stopped on Highway 280. I was pregnant with John. What color was yours? Mine was gray. All of my vehicles have been gray gray. or silver. (laughs) Ours was bright turquoise. We have, we have like a Beerman brand apparently. Well, we, we definitely had a Richie brand because we drove the cars until we got, found out we were pregnant with our daughter yeah, and we had same. to we had to get rid of one that didn't have air conditioning yeah like, we got air conditioning went out so, yeah <laughs> so i would walk to his car and he would walk to my car and we that was the other kid on campus with the same car that's as me and so, so that's funny. kind of how we met um but then we had a lot of mutual friends mm-hmm. at samford so yeah so we met at samford um and actually began dating pretty quickly like spring of our freshman year but both had very separate college experiences, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. Like I had a lot of really great friends. He had a lot of really great friends that didn't overlap a lot. And so we definitely lived our own lives, but dated pretty seriously throughout college. Mm-hmm. Um, and we got married right after, right after we graduated. Yeah, okay. I was 21. Super young. Yeah, I was 22. Yeah. Getting married. So I do feel like, I mean, I've known Thomas and his family now longer than I didn't know him. Wow. I keep waiting for that turning point in my life. I'm not quite there. Well, and we're not quite to the place where we've been married longer than we haven't been married, but we've definitely known each other longer than we. Yeah. That's so fun. Yeah. So it's really sweet. So while I was at Samford, I I was involved with campus ministries until my junior year. And Mm then I had studied abroad. My sophomore year, when I came back, I became involved with UCF, which was University Christian Fellowship. Right which at the time was its own ministry um, through the year years coming up, it became the college ministry of another church in town. Right. And Thomas was already involved with UCF and he was playing keys in the band and um, I got involved there. And so we, we've known Joel and Lauren since 2002, I guess. Yeah. Um, so for a long time and Joel ended up marrying us and doing our premarital counseling. And Lauren spent a lot of time with me when we were, Thomas and I were engaged. Um, so we've it. had a relationship for, with them for a long time. Um, yeah. So it only kind of made sense whenever Redeemer was starting. Yes. Well, even further, more with the Redeemer, even getting to the Redeemer aspect Mm -hmm. of of our story, because so much of Redeemer, we've joked, it's like our fourth child. I mean, it's so important (laughs) to us. And 
But so when we when I graduated, we got married. We had this like blissful summer of neither one of us working. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I was an English major, and mm-hmm. I ended up working at the church that we were going to at the time okay. as an administrative assistant. Okay, and that's the the church was also the church that UCF was a ministry of. And mm-hmm. so, long story um, short, I ended up becoming the assistant director of UCF. Oh, okay. So you worked directly so with I Joel. I worked di- directly with Joel. Like I was okay. basically his assistant. Anything he didn't want to do, I did, which yeah. I loved. I loved yeah. kind of being the background person, but then also as a minister to women. And so I spent breakfast, lunch, coffees, dinners yeah. with college girls. That's awesome. For like two and a half years. Wow. And Thomas was in law school. And so we had this very blissful yeah. three years of the first part of our marriage where we did everything together. Mm-hmm. I was at Sanford's campus every day. Oh, yeah. With girls and he was there hanging out. And so, um, yeah, so I worked for UCF with Joel. And then when Redeemer was going to start and the prayer meetings began in his in their house, um, I was pregnant with our daughter. And so I transitioned out of working at UCF to a stay-at-home mom mm-hmm. and Redeemer was planted the same week she was born. So just I've been there I, since the yep. beginning. I was going to say, I feel like Joel always says, like, how old is Vale Ritchie? Yeah. That's how old Redeemer that, yeah. is. Yep. So, and yeah, Georgia had like just. Georgia is six weeks younger than Vale. Younger. Okay. Mm-hmm. I was about to say, because I remember when I talked to Lauren, um, her talking about like the church meeting in their home and she yes. had come home from the hospital yes. and was like holding oh. Georgia upstairs. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. And I'm sure we were there somewhere. Somewhere. Walking like in the, the kitchen. Week, yeah. Like pacing the in the kitchen. Old, yeah. With Veil and a oh baby Bjorn, which I don't even know if they make those anymore. But like, yeah. please don't cry. Please don't cry. Yes. This is a small, small yes. place. Oh, my gosh. Yes. I love it. Yep. So, um, beginning. so, yeah. I mean, y'all's marriage relationship, like a lot of it really mm-hmm. is. Mm-hmm. Your family. I mean, yeah. It's just like kind of connected right alongside yes. with Redeemer. I didn't realize that. Yes. That's awesome. Yeah, and um, Thomas and I were kind of talking through our early involvement with Redeemer. We were one of the first, I think there were five home groups when Redeemer started. We had the Klings in our group and the Davises, Melissa Niffin. She's not Melissa Niffin anymore, but um, then Kate DeFuniak. And it was just like this sweet little group that that met in our home every Wednesday from the day that Redeemer started or home group started. So love it. We've never really known life without having a home group in our home. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we had we've taken a little bit of a break off yeah, and on. Yeah, now you're back. But we back just, in full yeah, swing. now we're back in full swing. So, um, so yeah, just thinking about like the rhythm of our life, um, and our, even our marriage was often, yeah, in working with Redeemer. So. Yeah. So I feel like we have some camaraderie in that. Like, I mean, I started working here pretty soon after just attending here and now yeah like with home group leadership and that kind of stuff like sometimes I feel like my life is so like alongside the redeemer schedule like Mm -hmm. I don't know yeah you know what I mean like it's like we have this weekly rhythm of Wednesday night home group and a lot of people do pretty much all members at redeemer have a weekly rhythm but it's just kind of like yeah I, I feel like my brain is like half redeemer um and so it's like i'm always like aware of like what's coming up what's the next sermon series like who's getting married like all of that kind of stuff um so i feel like we have camaraderie in that very much so i mean i did the um i 
when you when you play in a church, some you have to do everything. Something has to be every person who comes has to do something at Redeemer. So right. for me, I would do the checks every Sunday, like uh-huh. the little tithe box. Uh-huh. It's still we use the same tithe box. Yeah, I did the um, checks for a season. Yeah, so I, I would checks. I was yep. like, I can't do much because my brain's not functioning well. Which we can get into like other yeah. things that happen during that season. Um, but I can do the checks. I know I can do that. Yes. <laughs> so that was my role. And Thomas, in addition, played the piano at church. Really, we were trying to figure out it wasn't three weeks a month. It was probably more like 45 out of 52 weeks a year. Like he was playing every single Sunday almost. And so we laugh about how much grace and joy the Lord gave even to me as a mother as I was getting the kids ready for church every Sunday by myself. Yeah, Like we didn't have those fights before church because Y'all I think the Lord, we weren't together, and I think the Lord gave me abundant <laughs> grace getting the kids up yeah. by myself and getting yeah. to church because yeah. that was just what we had to do. And so it really you can until, talk to Josh Bierman about that. Yeah, that, I will. Like, we, need to, we need to talk. Like, <laughs> how's that going for you? Yeah, you can give um, some practical some tips. tips. Yeah, but it was you know we only met at four thirty at night, uh, so we would yeah. like bathe the kids, put them down for a nap. He would be practicing, and then I would get everybody there. Yeah. But um, really, until Redeemer went to two services where they no longer had one band, mm-hmm. is he was there every week and. And then yeah. he was, we were like, we yeah. can't do that anymore. Too much. Too much. So, um, well, you've yeah. kind of hinted at it, but um, I I really want to talk about like you guys, your marriage, and just you've spanned some seasons. Yeah. I mean, you said how old is Vale? She's 13. She's 13. She's 13. So you've been at the parent role for mm-hmm. 13 years. Yep. But then how long have you and Thomas been married? Almost 17. So we were married almost four years before we had our first okay. child. Okay. Yeah, and I think about our marriage in like sections of as I was preparing uh-huh. for this, like thinking back through the past seventeen years of these different seasons of marriage, mm-hmm. really, and what mm-hmm. that's looked like. And you'd ask me, "What does it look like to be a team?" And when, first of all, when I got your email and you mentioned that you wanted to talk to me about our marriage and how you'd always seen us like as the, like a team, mm-hmm. I started crying because that's so, how I felt. Yeah. But I didn't know that was obvious to anybody else. Well, you know, I think once again, as I've creepily <laughs> watched you over the years, uh, well, we were actually in y'all's leader care group yeah. for a little yes, bit. Yes. So I got to kind of see y'all as the leader's mm-hmm. role. But even just having like Meg and Danny as friends and that kind of stuff, like I'm very aware of the demands of Thomas's job. And I have my own friends whose husbands, when well, I have some friends whose wives are walking some of those similar paths of mm-hmm. being an attorney or going through residency or right. whatever, where there are a lot of long hours and that means a lot of time alone right. for one spouse. Right. Um, and I know myself, I know my, my, my own sin and I could just see bitterness or resentment mm-hmm. or scorekeeping mm-hmm. coming up. And I'm sure we've all felt that way, whether or not your husband works more than 40 hours a week or not. Um, but I, I've i just heard people talk about you guys, and I've also witnessed you guys just navigate this really well. Mm-hmm. And with Thomas also being an elder and all of the, like, you've kept up home group leadership, and he has been an elder, which demands more of him and I just am like I I just have it, it raises the question of like wait so how do you do this and like how do you do this as a team just the two of you but let alone like you have kids yeah. and 
kids are demanding mm-hmm. and now yours are in activities mm-hmm. and school and just there's a lot. And it's a so lot. I'm yeah. like, I'm very interested to hear your seasons. I guess you've kind of yes. hinted at yeah. those first couple of years where you were doing women's ministry, working yeah. at the church, that kind of stuff. Um, how did how did that transition go? Yeah. And so that's kind of a big piece of the story, which might derail us a little bit. But yeah. it's almost been therapeutic for me to go back and look through mm-hmm. the seasons of our marriage, because I would describe those first almost four years, three and a half years as very naive, beautiful, blissful. Like we fought about the, we almost practice fought. Like we fought about where the ketchup goes. Does it go in the pantry? Mm-hmm. Does it go in the refrigerator? We fought about <laughs> like putting sheets on our bed. Like it's funny things that like it was, yeah. it was important, important stepping stones in a marriage, but there wasn't a lot of external conflict mm-hmm. that came in because we were living side by side and doing everything together, mm-hmm. which was so awesome and mm-hmm. such a grace because when Redeemer started, we had our first child. Thomas was already... At this point, he had graduated law school, but he was doing a federal clerkship for a year, which is a really great opportunity for his career. Um, He worked for the federal government for a judge. And because it was only one year, he didn't get vacation. It wasn't like, Mm -hmm. you know, like a normal job where you would get two weeks off or paternity leave or anything like that. Now, the hours, I didn't understand at the time. They were, well, they were great. They were like eight to six versus what it ended up being when he was associated at a law firm. But from going from law school to a job that was eight to six and then no vacation. So I had Vail on a Wednesday and he went back to work on a Monday. Like there wasn't paternity leave. We just went right back into it. And so the church started, we had our first child. Thomas was in his first big boy job. Um, And I asked my sister if I could share this because Mm -hmm. it's such an important part in our marriage and in her story and my story. But um, so she was a missionary in Northern Ireland and we had Vail. She moved in with us for the summer. She was kind of adjusting back mm-hmm. to being in the States. So she lived with us July and August. And of course, you know, when you have a new baby, people are visiting all yeah. the time. So, yeah. you know, we always had people in our home. She moved out. And then in September, she and some other women who actually go to our church now um, were in a terrible fire. Do you know about oh, this yes. story? Yes. Yeah. So they were in a terrible apartment fire accident. And, um, Aaron fell from a third floor window and shattered her foot and broke her back. And so I had a five month old then Mm -hmm. and my parents did not live in our city. And so she had emergency surgery and was in a back brace in a wheelchair. And it just made sense for her to move in with us. So um, in in September, she moved in of 2008. She moved in with us. So she moved out and then she moved out of the hospital because she was in the later, hospital. She yeah, moved yes, back exactly. Yeah. She moved out and then a month later came back. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, at that point, that it was three weeks after Thomas actually started at the firm oh that he gosh. works for now. So we had a new baby. We had a new job. And then we had my sister who was physically broken, like and yeah, very seriously, very injured. seriously injured. Yeah. We had a wheelchair ramp, ramp in front of our house. And then on top of that, my mom was coming up all the time because I had a new baby. Aaron needed help. I needed help. And she was in our home a lot, which was so helpful. And we had mm-hmm. college students in our home because Aaron right. had just graduated from college <laughs> and she and Matt were dating. And, you know, so, yeah. and we couldn't, Thomas and I couldn't really go on dates because we couldn't leave Vail with Aaron because Aaron was, mm-hmm. she couldn't care for her. Mm-hmm. And we couldn't get babysitters because it would have to be a very particular person that Aaron would be comfortable with. Right. So right. we were just in our house a lot with a lot, yes, of, with a lot of with a lot of people. Um, so my sister moved out in December. Praise the Lord, her body healed. And there's not been, 
huge long-term repercussions mm-hmm. from that. She moved out in December and in January, my family, my parents let us know they separated. Mm. And um, so that was, I want to use this word l- very carefully because a lot of people experience trauma. And so I, I do want to say like, there's some trauma that came from that year. Yeah. And then the years following with my parents' separation and then divorce that was pretty um, shocking. And, and uh, it just was, it, having not been in my family's home in many years, having gone to college, and I yeah. didn't realize that this was going to happen. Yeah. And so within the next year, they separated, divorced. Aaron and Matt got married. We found out we were pregnant with Beck, and my mom moved in with us. Holy <laughs> And Thomas is, like, starting his job. So Once I again, think yeah. of this season as survival. Yes. Like, when I look back on that season, I do not know I don't remember much about our marriage because I do mm-hmm. think we were just you were just coming like, up from air and then being pushed back under. You were coming just up from air. L- l- surviving, surviving for sure, surviving emotionally, mentally, yeah, physically. And I don't. I remember we sat down one day and we're like, "When was the last time we were in our home, just the two of us? Like we had, or just our little yeah. family?" Because people were always in our home, which was a mm-hmm. beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. But um, I think in those years. Our marriage was just surviving. And again, we'd gone into marriage very naive and no, no one in our family had been divorced. Neither of yeah. our parents were divorced. None of our grandparents were divorced. There was not so divorce. This was just this big bomb. This was a bomb. Yeah. And and I think sobered us up a lot to realize like marriage isn't just guaranteed and mm-hmm. it's not easy. And we got through those survival years, had our th- second child. Um, and by the time Beck was born, my mom had moved out and it was just the four of us. Okay. And then I think that's when we entered our hard years. You'd ask in here, mm-hmm. like, what were your hard years? Hard years. So we had survival years. Which is crazy because I kind of anticipated that the hard years would be like, yeah, that first baby mm-hmm. and then maybe the second baby coming in. Yeah. But really it was like everyone moved out, which I guess it's a lot to have people in your home, but especially when they're family, right. you can't at least lean into like. You're so yes. helpful. Like you're the grandma. Exactly. You, you and know, I'm such and an extrovert that there were people around they, all like, the time. You up. And, and yes. yes. And so and Thomas's Thomas? career was just taking off. What yeah. were you going to say? Sorry. I was going to say that was one of the most surprising things to me about having my first, having John and going on maternity leave. I think I had romanticized it because yeah. I'm super extroverted mm-hmm. and like I'm always around. I want people around. And, and Josh is similar. And it was the like being alone in my house and it being so quiet that I was like, I didn't anticipate how like kind of lonely I would feel. Um, and so I started making it. So when the time, when Anna came around, I had like rules that I gave myself. I was like, every day you got to do one chore. Yeah. Like just one thing, even if it's make the bed. And then every day you have to get outside of the house. Right. If it's a walk, if it's a run to Target. Right, for your sanity. Like, I, like and, and it was like, that gave me a chance of seeing other people yep. too. Yeah. So I'm sorry to interrupt. Right, oh, so, no, not at all. Like I, I, yeah. So we'd been, I'd worked in college ministry with people all the time. Yeah. I was around people, I was around people. And then we had our home unexpectedly filled with people. And throughout this whole time, we were still leading home group. We're still doing the church thing. Like it was, <laughs> that was just part of it. Like, yeah. And, um, 
And so then after Beck was born, Thomas's career really took off. Even the first two years of his work, he was working a lot, but it does take time to build a practice. Right. right. And so we entered into seasons of him being gone for a long time um, and not having control over his schedule. I think that was the hardest part. Was it part. more travel or just like office got to be there? Yeah, just more, more like not knowing when unpredictable like not yeah. knowing when he would be home so he could think going in to work in the morning oh i'll be home around six mm-hmm. and it could be eight mm-hmm. because somebody as a, as an associate a partner can walk in at 5 30 and, and just say Here you something go. you know yeah. and having not grown up with a dad who had that profession like i didn't i didn't understand you know it didn't yeah. make sense to me that like friday really you can work till 7 30 when, when you're home with like two littles <laughs> yeah. you're like six to <gasps> eight is, like yeah, that is crunch home. time right Please. exactly and yeah um and so during those years i think there were a lot of there was a lot of bitter fruit that i sowed in mm-hmm. our home and in my heart um mm-hmm. Of bitterness and resentment, and I, I did it to myself. <laughs> yeah, you know, every day I would text him at like five thirty and say, "Hey, what's your ETA?" You know, like when are you going to mm. be home? And he would, poor thing, would like try to tell me when he thought he was going to be home, yeah. and then but he it's... could never get there. And so yeah. I was setting myself up for dentist disappointment. Yeah, he was. He, there's Kinda no way he could fail. Yeah, yeah, like you it's, know. Yeah, and a couple years into that season, which in that season as well, we had our uh, kind of little surprise third baby mm-hmm. um so we had three kids in less than four years and wait really 13 13 to well beck's about to be 11 so okay. 13 11 and 9 uh, they're not 10 and 9 right now okay and so oh yeah. wow okay yeah so Vale was still three when calvin was born so anyway, they're very close yes, they're very close um, but sometime in that season, Thomas looked at me and he said you realize the the most difficult day part of my day is when I come, I leave work and come home, that transition. And I remember that just crushing me, but he fleshed it out for me. He's like, mm. when I leave work, I know I'm leaving things undone. Mm. And when I show up to home, I know I haven't been here enough. Mm. And it broke my heart to realize like he has so much pressure from work and he has so much pressure here at home. He can't win. We've got to make some changes here. And I think around that time I stopped texting him. It was Mm -hmm. a simple change, but I stopped asking him when he was going to be home and decided that like I had to open my hands and let that go. And he got home when he could get home. And I stopped trying to plan family meals. Mm -hmm. I stopped trying to, plan things around his schedule because that just built more bitterness in my heart if he didn't meet my expectations. Right. Whether they were said or unsaid and expectations, he wasn't able to meet them. Yeah. And so at that point, um, I think that was a turning point in our marriage where I kind of realized that the best way I can support him is doing um, my job here at home really well so that when he comes at home, it feels... Um, calm and then also like we're really excited to see him instead of he's disappointing me for being home late yeah that makes sense yeah no that totally makes sense (laughs) um no it totally makes sense and you know i think i don't know if you had find my friends we didn't um, but like thank goodness well you didn't so my husband i don't is the enneagram still a thing do we still talk about that i think so well i I think it might be kind of phasing out i think it's phasing out still valid (laughs) but it is um my husband's a five he probably wouldn't uh, want me to tell you that because he's secretive. 
about everything. Oh, because that's, so we don't do that find my sense. friends. Okay. We don't do that. Yeah. Because it's yeah. it's just. Well, I was thinking though, I didn't necessarily, well, Josh Bierman would listen to this and go, no, you totally texted me. It was really that first year with John. The first, like, because yeah. same, his job now is much more predictable. Right. Um, and so, you know, he's in sales now. So it's like, you know, when businesses close. Right. He He's closes, right. <laughs> you know, um, but the job he had when we had John was not that way at all. Same, like very yeah. unpredictable. Mm-hmm. You never knew when some contractor was going to call right. in and have this emergency thing that you had to run out to. And I don't necessarily, I definitely texted him multiple times, like in the afternoon, because I would be like, please just go, home. you know, <laughs> but we had found my friends and I'd be like, I would look, it'd be like 530. And I'd look and I'd be like, why are you still at the office? Right. Can you please, you know, right. and you know, I, yes, like the same conversation yes. that Thomas had, you know, so I think certainly this is true of him and his career, but I think, you know, there are plenty of people who feel that same tug. I mean, even talking to Jen right. Davidson, right. The, um, for like the working moms, like she was like, yeah, I see colleagues who aren't spending as much time at home and they're crushing it in their careers and producing more stuff. And I feel like I'm not doing as much as them but then I come home and there are other moms or other dads who have been home longer and so I'm not able to do as much there and you know there's just this tug and so yeah I think that's the grace that you gave Thomas of just like not asking well and he started giving me a huge grace by he would not tell he would not he would always text me when he's coming home but he used to do it when he was in his office (laughs) and Uh, say hey I'm on my way home I'm leaving here in five um and then he would get caught in the elevator and be two hours sometimes. Oh, my goodness. So he stopped texting yes. me. And he realized once I'm in my car and I'm in the car parking deck and I'm pulling through the gate is yes. when I would send a, like, on my way home yes. text. So we were able to, like, like under promise, over deliver. Yeah. yeah. And that was a season when the kids were really hard physically. Mm-hmm. Um, and looking back on that time, I can see so much. Like they were, they were aware that he wasn't there. Life was not as peaceful when daddy wasn't around, Mm -hmm. but there's a reason the weekends are great. There's a (laughs) reason the weekends are great. And then also, but they weren't as emotionally or mentally aware. Yeah. They weren't aware. Yeah. Um, And so I had to let go too when he did come home. But it makes it sound like he never was at home. He he came, he was home, but he just had very long hours. Yeah. if the kids were still up, like I had to let go of bedtimes because that mm-hmm. was the time he could spend with them. And mm-hmm. so part of like the team mentality is letting him be in control when he was there. Yeah. And actually, I, I saw Julie Sparkman for a lot of counseling during my parents' divorce and during these years, which I can't speak highly enough of her or counseling in general. <laughs> um, but she said one of the hardest things about having a spouse with a very demanding career is being able to relinquish control when you are so used to doing things the way you're doing. It's harder oh. when they come home yes. and gracefully handing that over. Yes. And so a lot of our conflict wouldn't happen in the heat of his really busy seasons. It would be when he was done with a trial or done mm-hmm. with a really long trip and he would come back and trying to enter back into the parenting roles. Mm-hmm. And that would be when there would be more conflict. And right, so because that, you've kind of set up like... These are our nap times. Exactly. This is our bedtime. This is when we do this things. This is how I like to do things. Yeah. And I can be very self-sufficient and prideful. Mm-hmm. And so <laughs> just having her tell me that early in our marriage, too, was really good. Like, even if even if bedtimes are, aren't the way they I would want them to be, or if they don't get bathed tonight before yeah. um, bedtime. And 
our schedule's thrown off, it's important to let him be him. Yeah. Um, and one thing that he did too during that season and then has continued to do for our entire marriage, especially with children, is he has really encouraged my girl friendships mm-hmm. and the necessary time that I need to take away from the home. So in during this yes. time I wasn't working outside of the home. I am now, but at that this time I wasn't. And so I had I had and still have very good girlfriends. And I go on trips with them a couple yeah. times a year. And that was never once questioned. That was never once such a once, grace to you. It was such a grace to me yeah. because he knew. And I mean it was sometimes it was a conversation like is this yeah. how are we going to work this out or is yeah. this the best time for you to do that? But it was never once um I don't know he did never you, begrudged me that time. Yeah, would you say that you were more prone to feeling guilty in taking that time away? I and, I don't know. I think he made it so easy for me to do it that I didn't feel guilty. I think that's I think that's kind of what I'm getting at is like because sometimes I, yeah, like to have a night away or to take a weekend away, you can like borderline feel guilty, even though it's something you so want and you know that you right. need it, but you're like, well, I don't, this is a lot to ask yes. of you or the family or the schedule or whatever. And so I think it's such a grace to like not question it right outside and of just like yes. the normal, can we afford this? Can we right. do this? <laughs> can know? we do this? Yeah. Yeah. And he, I think he knew how essential it was for me as an extrovert and he's very introverted and we mm-hmm. honestly since that season of having so many people our house being a revolving door we actually are not as hospitable as like a lot of our redeemer and crestwood um counterparts because of his the yeah. demands on his job and like the unpredictability in the afternoon yeah. and then also he is an introvert and so the neogram did help me really realize like he wakes up every morning with 25 percent battery and his emotional and mental <laughs> yeah. Capacity. Now, thankfully, his job energizes him. He loves his work, which makes it easier to see him working as much as he does because he loves it. Mm -hmm. But we had to be we have to be strategic and I have to be strategic about the the asks that I make of him as far as social activities on the weekends because he isn't home as much um, that he loves to be home and like recharge with the family. And so we 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 have people in our home often and every yeah. week for home group, but we aren't as social or don't you don't have, have people revolve. living. We don't have people with living you. with us anymore. Yeah. And we don't have people over every week for dinner and yeah. things like that, because we do have to safeguard that family, family time. time. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. So when you were talking about this season, I kind of had two questions. I feel like you mm-hmm. answered one. Yep. One was just self-care in general. Yeah. And it sounds like Thomas kind of gave that to he you did. in the form of he friendship. Did. In form of friendships and it was probably after I had a year after I had Calvin when I started really exercising again, mm-hmm. besides the just walks with strollers right. and things like that. And he always prioritized that for me, yeah. which I think we do for both of each yeah. other. Once again, it's just so helpful because you so can helpful. feel guilty about that too. Yeah. Just like taking. Yeah. And he never made me yourself. feel guilty yes. about that. And I think he would say the same thing about me that that we know that that's a priority. Mm-hmm. And same for him with his only hobbies until we were both really started exercising, you know, I don't know. 10 years ago was um, reading and playing the piano. And so mm-hmm. even those Sundays meant that because he worked till seven on Friday and he had to be at church at, if there wasn't an elders meeting, which you'd have to be there earlier on Sundays that he had to be at church by two, like our weekends were Saturday. Yeah. Um, but I knew that for him to go into the week with his tank full and his heart full leading, helping lead worship mm-hmm. was essential for him. Yeah. And so it, as hard as it was to take that time away from our family. And and there was conflict at times about that. Like I knew it was important to him. And so I think that 
committing to seeing each other's strengths and and the avenues that we need to have for self-care has been essential right to be a team and to see each other as people who have our needs outside of the home and yes yeah um, more than just correctly. dad yeah. or more right. than just husband, right. like human, right. you need, exactly. you need, <laughs> you like, need to time. do the you things that you things. love. Yeah. Um, my next question was time, just the two of you. Yeah. How did, I mean, his job was so unpredictable. You have these mm-hmm. three young kids. Mm-hmm. Like what did that even look like? Yeah, that's a great question because a lot of, um, those early years when he did have such long days, he would joke like his most productive hours in the day were 8 p.m. to 3 a.m., which is hilarious. Oh like his gosh. mind would come alive at night. So there were there were seasons where he would go to work in the morning. He would try to sneak home for dinner, help me kick the kids down. We would talk for a little bit and he would go back and go work back. till two. Um, and he yeah. kept that up. It was not good for his body. Yeah. <laughs> That's just what he had to do for years. So I think the way we've spent time together has changed. And um, one thing that we prioritized before we had kids and still prior to prioritize now and then throughout even the children being young is taking trips together even if mm. it's going to ross bridge for a weekend yeah. um thankfully we do have family that can help us i know a lot of people aren't in that situation and so yeah. i even tell young moms like if you guys don't have family to take your kids find another family in the same situation and switch weekends with them yeah, because like you take their kids yeah, you take their kids and, and, yeah. and it is it was so much harder for me to turn control over of my children my children to other people than to Thomas. Like mm-hmm. I could leave for the weekend and be fine with him there with the kids, but it is essential. Um, and I think it's so important to your marriage to, and to show even your children, Hey, mommy and daddy need to get away. Just yeah. the two of us. And 48 hours would really recharge us for a long time. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's amazing. amazing. Yeah. And then we try to take longer trips maybe in the summer if we could get away. So um, quality time looks like that when look like that when they were younger, we also, um, we, when we first got married, we didn't really have a TV. We kept it in the mm-hmm. closet and we'd pull it out to like binge watch something, but mm-hmm. we've never watched a lot of TV. Mm-hmm. Um, we both are big nerds and like read ourselves to bed. Say, you just read. We just read. We just read and read and read. But we, if we are um, at home together at night, which is most nights, if he doesn't have like an elders meeting or I don't right. have a meeting or something, we go to bed together. Yeah. Um, and that like, that's just essential for our marriage. And we also can like spend a lot of time talking. <laughs> we, yeah. we just communicate. We probably overly communicate with one another. Does um, that exist? Can you overly? I don't know. Maybe. I'm not sure. We just talk and talk and talk and talk. Yeah. And he saves up all his talking till he gets home at night, which mm-hmm. I love. Like, yeah. I think he spends a time all day in front of a computer at work. And so when kind he comes quiet, home, he still yeah. has he still time. has some, energy. Yeah. I was going to say I would not anticipate yeah, that yeah. him being introvert. He probably talks more hours. than I do in the evenings, and it's great. Like we we spend a lot of time talking. Yeah. In this new season, which I want to be very clear, we're in a very new sweet season right yes. now, where our kids are older. Um, less this year, physically demanding. Less physically demanding. This year, our daughter has started going to a school about 40 minutes away. And so she has, we have a precious, wonderful carpool situation mm-hmm. in Crestwood, but she leaves about 6.50 every morning. Mm-hmm. And then the boys and I don't have to be at school because I work at their school. Um, we don't have to be there till like 8.15. And so Thomas oh, nice. and I often, after we sit on the porch and after Vale leaves, we just will sit for a yeah, while and just have a little date um, on the porch that. and just talk and drink our coffee and before the pandemic, I was teaching fitness. And so he would, we can leave our kids at home now. And mm-hmm. when they would sleep, we would go to my early morning fitness class. He would always come to my classes. Mm-hmm. So even just like riding to and from there, just having 
finding things that connect us because our lives could not be more different um, professionally. Um, And there's not a lot of overlap in the work that we do, whether when I was working exclusively at home or now at at home and at school, um, finding any connection that we can make, whether it be fitness or Redeemer. Um, is super, was super important for us. It yeah. has been super important for us. And I think, you know, I've had people ask me, and I think, you know, in marriage and that kind of stuff, like, do y'all do Bible studies together? Do you read books together? That kind of stuff. And usually my answer is no. Right. I mean, we, I was telling you before this, uh, like, we've been married nine years today. And I can, it, we did the premarital counseling, so we read some books right. together. Then. Right. <laughs> and then about two years ago, we walked through the book of Proverbs together. Other than that, like we kind of do our own separate things yeah. when it comes to like time in the word and that all of that. I I feel like our biggest like spiritual connection is riding home from church together and discussing yeah. the sermon. And then usually there is some article or podcast episode or sermon or whatever that one of us will listen to and go like, oh, I want you to listen about right. listen to this. Let's discuss it. Yes. Like, what do you think? Um, it would does that kind of ring true for y'all? Like, yeah. What does that look like being, obviously you're on the same team when it comes to like schedules and parenting right. and that kind of stuff. But what does it look like, like two believers yeah, who are that's like a great, uniting? That's a that great way? question. Um, gosh, I, like, we definitely do not do like Bible studies together. Mm-hmm. Um, I I know people who do. Yeah, and I think it's wonderful. Yeah, and it is great. Yeah. Um, that's not. Just kind of not how yeah, it's not how we're really wired. Set up yeah, and I, yeah. um. We both are pretty pretty independent when it comes to studying the Word of God. I am actually not a very good student. He's a much better student than I do. I am so he's. I love when he preaches. I oh, I know it. he's always, always studying and learning. Um, for me, I'm just more like consistent. Like I like to do a year long Bible mm-hmm. reading plan, or I'm not always doing Bible studies, but um, I feel like there are conversations throughout the week about what we're reading, or even just preparing for home group. Yeah, like seriously. that's. A lot of our conversations, um, or how can he, just in our conversations, how can we be praying for each other throughout mm-hmm. the week? And we're not necessarily praying together, but I feel like he's always praying for me, and I'm I feel like I'm thinking about him and praying for him a lot. Um, he is really good about reading books that I've read, so we both read a lot. And if I read a spiritual formation book that I really love, he will often put it on his mm-hmm. audiobook and listen to it on the way to and from work. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, I would I would say the same with us, like whether it be an article he's read on the Gospel Coalition. Mm-hmm. He's he's way again. He's a much better student and researcher than I am. He's often sharing things with me. <laughs> I'm not. I'm yeah. not a good researcher um, student. So, yeah, I would say similarly. Yeah. Um, would you say that, you know, this like team aspect did that? Is that something that came more naturally to y'all? Practically, like. Y'all have to always be in the know of who has to be where, yes. when, and all of that. So yes. Like, how does that even work yes, out? Yes, that's I, a great question. I remember for a little bit, it was like someone had soccer on Wednesdays. Uh-huh. And so it was like tag in, tag yes. out for and that's why like, and that kind of stuff. Home group, we, you know, we had 11 years of the children participating in activities or going to a school that was in our neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And our, our radius was very small. It was Redeemer. Thomas's work downtown, Crestwood Day School, and the JCC, which is where we play our sports and exercise. And that was like right. our world. And that's when we led home groups every Wednesday night mm-hmm. for years. And it just worked. Well, a couple of years ago, um, our daughter began playing competitive soccer. And 
when that happened, the practices shifted to a different location and the time shifted. And so, yeah, we just had to kind of reconfigure that. So there was times when there was overlap, like he would take her to soccer. We'd both end up at home group and then I would leave early to go get her. And I think now we have such a good weekly rhythm that we know each other's rhythm also. And I have to say this, Thomas is now a partner at his firm, which is a very different experience in those first seven years of being an associate. And so I think I hinted at this earlier. In those early years, the kids were more demanding physically, but they were less emotionally and mentally aware of what was going Mm on. Now that's shifted. They do have the physical needs if we actually have to drive them places. Right. Um, But they're a lot more emotionally and mentally aware. And Mm -hmm. I'm thankful that these are the years Thomas is around a lot more. So he is around so much more now. Yeah. Um, And... Part of that is just the flexibility with his career Mm -hmm. and the way his career has shifted and that he's not the one getting the papers at 530. Sometimes he is, Mm -hmm. but now he's the one maybe passing off the papers at 530. (laughs) To all the women listening or like the guys listening who are associates, they're like, thanks. Thanks a lot. I know. I I think that that actually was really hard for him for a couple of years. Uh So now we do kind of during May, we're like, what happens this afternoon? What is happening yeah. tomorrow? But at other times during the year when things are a little less crazy, we kind of have a weekly plan. And so we know what the week holds and when he can take to practices and when I can take to practices and pretty much the way our life works in the evenings. Now, if he weren't around, I could do everything on my own, like the way mm-hmm. the practices all work out. Um, but he often can help, which is so great because it gives yeah. him good time with the kids in the car yeah. with, and then I get a break. And when I'm sure he loves that, too. He like, does. who doesn't love watching their daughter play competitive soccer? I know. I know. It's, like, it's so fun. This is so fun. It's yeah. so fun. And so and our boys. So our our daughter is highly competitive and also very um, driven to play soccer and sports mm-hmm. and really anything like she's mm-hmm. just a she's like, oh, she's I see all-star. that. I want to do that. I want to do yeah. that. I want to do that. Yeah. Where our boys are more, more like, I just want to adventure. Yeah. Like, I let me just inside. like go in the woods. I yeah. want to just go in the woods and be at home. Like, yeah. I love that. And so knowing our kids and knowing we don't push them to play sports. As soon as Vail's ready to hang up her cleats, we're done. Like, mm-hmm. this is not coming from us. This is her. And she loves it. And so we want to allow her to do the things she can within reason. And then with our boys, we we try to find avenues of um, things that they can do. They're doing jujitsu right now. And there you go. Love it. Uh, they need like to talk to my husband. At Rodney be- Scott. Because he is doing jujitsu. Are you serious? Uh-huh. At the one He's, Gracie Barra, right? No, not, over, okay. not this one. But he goes He's, to a different gym. Oh, that's loves awesome. It. Well, it's so great because it's two minutes from our house mm-hmm. and it fits in right between her practice time. So they can go do that if anyway. Yeah. They're happy. Everybody's thriving. I, I listened to the podcast you did with the working women last night about how important it is to just know is your family thriving and they're flourishing and so we've come up with some sort of system to make it all work and everybody's kind of happy in this season right now and when things shift and when things shift you have to make adjustments and thomas has been in a like i said a more peaceful stage of his career for the past couple of months year i guess especially with quarantine like Uh he still went into work every day but he is his because nobody else was there and so we oh, got true. so much more done instead of being at home with us <laughs> like three children <laughs> yes. and a admin- school administrator trying to work yeah um but he, he's just been able to be home a lot more which i'm just so yeah. thankful for and so we do totally. have more time to kind of pour into our marriage and um yeah what does that look like now so yeah. you're out of the less physically demanding yep. yet at the same time now kids bedtimes are later you're yes. like driving a lot more 
What does it look like for you guys to have intentional time yeah. together now? You mentioned the mornings. The mornings are the great. Morning the mornings are great. And they are able to stay at home by themselves. And so if we can take a date night, we take mm-hmm. a date night. Sweet. Um, but we're not those people that have a date night once a week. I wish we could, yeah. but it doesn't I, always I work that way. I wish we could too, but no. it's just it doesn't work that way. It doesn't work out that mm-hmm. way. Sometimes we're ships passing in the night. I mean, mm-hmm. they'll be coming in. I'll be, and like this past weekend, he was at home with the boys doing guy stuff. And I was in Nashville with Vail playing soccer. And um we're we're gonna take a little trip this summer, just the two of us, and you know we're just still trying to find ways that we can be alone together. But also, mm-hmm. we have seventeen years of marriage under our belt, and we also kind of know this is the season right now. So I work for Crestwood Day School. I'm the co-head of school with mm-hmm. Stephanie Kling, which is mm-hmm. a dream job. Just like UCF, I never, I never imagined being able to work at such a, a job I love so much, and I never imagine being able to work in this capacity because I love it. I'm with my kids. I work with people I really love. I work part time. So it's, I I, I don't think there was any way I could have been able to work while he was as busy as he was. Um, But now I am. And so he knows that like right now I'm in a very busy season of our, my work. And so Mm -hmm. this summer, I think we'll have a lot more time to, to like really just, yeah. The two of you. I wish I had a better answer for that. We just kind of wing it. Like we don't get to go on walks every afternoon. We don't get to do the weekly date night. We don't get to. Well, just the nature of his job and the nature of your kids' schedules. Like you just, you just kind of do what you can. You just do what you can. I think there are, there are, there are couples who we both are home at five to five 30 almost every single day. And they're in more of a like structured routine where you can be like, we take a walk every afternoon or we, you know, right. We're less structured. Yes. We also, um, the term we like to use for this is making a bid. Like one of the things that's really important to us is if ever I ask him to do something with me, Mm -hmm. he sees that as an opportunity and -hmm. we'll do it. So and the same goes for me with him. Like if there's a trip that he wants to go on, like I'm going to try to go with him. Mm-hmm. Seven years ago, I really liked body pump. This was before I was an instructor. And I was like, would mm-hmm. you please come with me? And he kind of thought it was silly at the time. But he's like, yes, I'll go with you. Yes. And he went with me and that. And he was probably what, one of maybe two guys in he, the class. There were the more only... guys than you would think. Okay. But he. Oh, no. I mean, Josh came to body pump yeah. with me. and But no, there weren't that many. Sure there was like one, maybe one other. There guy. weren't that many, but he kept going with me. And like. <laughs> It. just to be with me yeah and that that sets up a trajectory of togetherness yes um instead Agreed. of saying that doesn't interest me i'm not gonna do that i don't yeah. know I, I, I admire him so much for doing things out of his comfort zone and things like body pump or whatever yeah. it may be um do you have examples like what are things that you do just to be with Thomas that you're like, I mean, this isn't my cup of tea, so, I but know, you love like it. Thinking and... he's so much less selfish than I am. <laughs> so selfless. Well, mine is um Josh, he loves going to the movies. Oh, he does. Okay. He loves going to the movies. Mm-hmm. I could not give a fly and flip mm-hmm. about going to the movies. Mm-hmm. Um in fact, I don't even really watch a lot of movies. Yeah. I'm more of a like show kind right. of girl. Yep. Um and I could do a much better job, especially like the whole like Avengers, mm-hmm. like Marvel, that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. I really don't care to go to those. Right. But he loves it so much. And like you're talking about this and I'm like, yeah, I should probably go to the movies. Okay, I should probably go to the movies. Which is funny because Thomas doesn't like to watch things. Like I'm more mm-hmm. of like, I would like to, let's watch a movie tonight. Mm-hmm. And so even just saying, you know, no, we won't. We'll just mm-hmm. not do that and mm-hmm. spend time together and talk and read and yeah, you know, just be together. Um, 
Do y'all communicate a lot during the day? We don't. Yeah. And that we communicate, we communicate a lot, but we don't always communicate during the day because when he is, a lot of his job is writing. So when oh. he, I know he's in the flow of work. Oh yeah. To I get try like a not text to, or to get, not, yeah. a lot of times he won't even see my texts mm-hmm. um, until later, which, so I know that if it's urgent, like I have a number to call him. And so yeah. I try to limit my communication during the yeah. day. And that's something I've learned through the years. Cause early on I would text him a lot more mm-hmm. and. Again, it was a way of setting him up for failure if he didn't respond right. quickly. Um, we actually don't communicate very much. I mean, over essential things, yeah. um, we yeah. will. But. Well, no, I think that's helpful, though, because I, there's like the other side of the coin that's like be continually communicating, like send her a text throughout the day, yeah. call him at lunch, that kind of stuff. And maybe if according to the person's job, but I'm even thinking like, at school, like right. you don't have, you probably don't have your phone on you. And even if you do, like you're busy doing things, like you can't just like talk on right. phone. Right. Which is funny because when I first started working, I, I think I remember a couple of times he did call me at 201, which was carpool time. I was like, babe, like, come on. I love you. I can't talk right now. I'll text you later. You know, so I think we both, I think working is really good for our marriage for me, mm-hmm. like having a, a career where I am able to engage my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, during the day, like I, I love working and I love that we both now can communicate, even just mm-hmm. talking about our days at night. It's just very life giving to us. Yeah. So when it does leave room for something to talk about then, yes, yes. if you haven't just like touched base yes. every hour of every right. day, you're like, Oh, I actually have eight yep. hours to fill we, you in. We've on. got a lot to talk about. Yeah. Um, um, so I wish I had more practical tips about that, but we, we do kind of just wing it sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and uh, do y'all have rhythms of like, I remember talking to Allison Ray and like every week they sit down and it's like, here's our week, weekly mm-hmm. schedule or like each season. Let's revisit. Like, where are we? Do I y'all know. Do I like listened that? to that podcast and I loved that idea. She's amazing. Love, I know. So good to have systems like that. I would say um, like we don't have a shared calendar or anything mm-hmm. like that. And our schedule is getting more complicated where we do need to really sit down and I need to look at my planner and mm-hmm. we need to talk through things. Mm-hmm. And we usually do that on like the weekend, yeah, and then, week. like I said earlier, during the month of May, it really is like, okay, tonight is this. Yeah. I need you to know that tonight is this. He's like, okay, and then tomorrow will. It's one day at a time. Yeah, um, but we do try to, we do try to do that because there have been times when I thought I've told him something and mm-hmm. actually haven't, and then mm-hmm. he has something, you know. So mm-hmm. we do plan. Sundays have been really sweet for us recently because we now have started hosting a home group on Sunday, and it yeah. has been so life-giving and fun for us to host yeah. again i really missed not hosting did you did you anticipate that did you know um, that you would miss it as much i think as i did? needed a break mm-hmm. but to all of the people listening who are home group members it is hard to get to home group it is almost mm-hmm. easier to lead oh group. josh and i, Do I you mean feel that way yes well especially <laughs> like the season that we're in now with small kids and bedtimes and that kind of stuff like i tell our home group members all the time i'm like this is such a grace to us because you come to us. Right. Like it's we get to harder. experience the same home group you do, but we don't have to leave our house. So right. like I, especially like I said, I mean, cause the first year, almost year of having John, we were still in the Kling's home group. And so we drove right. to right. Crestwood each week. And yeah, I mean, it was, it's you had to hustle. You like do. we were coming in, like mm-hmm. eating quickly, bathing him, babysitters coming in and we're out the door. And it just, I mean, it was very hectic. So yes. yeah, I logistically, I'm like, 
it's so, it's much, so much easier. easier. <laughs> it is so much easier. And so I do think we needed a break. Um, and people in our group were ready to be leaders. And we mm-hmm. needed to take a break from leading for a mm-hmm. little while. Um, that was was it a season of church? And Thomas has been an elder since the very beginning, too. And so that was a season in church where just eldership was a little bit more demanding. Like he had mm-hmm. a lot of responsibilities there. And so we took a break and we got to be in the Feltham's group. And it was so great to be able to go and be in their home. And we loved doing that. Um, but then we were ready to lead again. And really, Sunday was the best night for us yeah. because that's when youth group was. And so our kids were able to. Um, well, Vale at least is able to go to youth group and the boys get to play with some other kids in yeah. our group or just be at home and we're yeah. all there together because they are, while they're not as physically needy as like changing diapers and stuff, they are, they need us on the weeknights yeah. in the season we're in right now. Yeah. So that's been very life-giving. So a lot of times we're, he completely engages on Sunday. We all engage after church and like getting the house ready for home group. And that mm-hmm. kind of sets us up for the week. That's true. It's yeah. so nice. It's so fun to like ha- welcome people in our home. Um, it is a group. There's a, I haven't thought of that because I usually am like, I'm so glad I have this checkpoint in the middle right. of the week. I know. I know. But I haven't thought of that. Like, yeah, it's kind of a way of like, this is starting the week. It's out. like the first like, fruits of our week yes. in a way. And so f- because for so many years of leading home group, Thomas would walk in the back door. And I've shared this before on, mm-hmm. I know the home group training thing. You play that, yeah. um, that session where Steph and I talked about home group and hospitality, but there were so many years where he would literally walk in the back door as our home group was coming in. Mm-hmm. And so now to be able, and I knew, I always knew he was prepared to lead. Like yeah. I, I never had to worry about that part of it. I would get our home ready and he was able to lead it. But now we're able to kind of do that together. And that's yeah. just sweet. Like it's sweet to have our kids help us clean the house. I function better mentally and emotionally when my external space is clean. Oh, same. Same. <laughs> I'm trying to say that in a nice way instead of calling myself a neat freak, which I, I am. Oh, which I, yeah, yeah. no. But um, <laughs> so while I know people, we say we don't need to get our house ready for home group, I do love having it. It's, there's peaceful. a tidy factor there's a tidy for me. Um, I, I'm like laughing at what you said because I called Josh yesterday. I had taken John to pick out a gift for Anna. Her birthday's right, this weekend. Right. He was going to pick out a gift for her. So we're driving back and we pass this house um, that's under construction. So obviously, you know, there's just right. stuff everywhere. And he said, oh, I cannot go to that house. Okay. And I was like, what? Why? <laughs> and he was like, that is too messy. And I was like, well, have you ever been to a messy house? He was like, no, I don't oh. go to messy houses. <laughs> so one, if John Bierman has ever been to your house, you should feel good because he doesn't he think it's messy. messy. He, he can but go in it. Two, I was like, oh boy, I'm setting this kid up for failure. I know. I, know. I love it. It didn't have to be clean necessarily. No, just externally. But just like the toys need to be put up. Not much chaos. Yeah. yeah. Like I can't. Yeah. I was the same way in college though. Like I would want I've to always study and stuff. And I'm like, yes. I need like things in order. Oh, I would procrastinate. I would clean. Everything had to be clean mm-hmm. before I could write a paper. Mm-hmm. So yes. So, so it, it's it, fun it, now to like do that as a family. Exactly. As a yeah. family before our week starts. And then yeah. um, I don't work on Mondays, but I work Tuesday, Thursday. And during the pandemic, you know, we all had to work. Just running a school in the yes. pandemic, I was there more this year than I have ever been before because yeah. you have to be. But knowing we're going into the week with like a fresh start and we've been with our church family twice in one day and mm-hmm. um, going into the week. I do miss the midweek checkpoint for sure. Yeah. But um, it's just been so great for us. And yeah. I think that's kind of when we do our planning for the week. And 
um, after home group leaves, we still have like a lot of our evening on Sunday. Yeah. Like it, it's, it's eliminated really the Sunday scaries a little bit yeah. for me to have. Well, and even like the Wednesdays, like my four-year-old's going to bed at 930. Right. You know, right. like you're not like rushing through the bedtime exactly. thing, like putting them down. Yes. Like you have a little be more, you can be more calm. Yes. More calm. Um, I think one thing I'd really love for you to do is like talk to the wife or the husband who is home and the other spouse is working yeah. crazy hours. Yeah. Like what encouragement would you give yeah. them? What advice would you give them? Um, I don't know. Just like flatter, like, fl- like fluff their little hearts up. Yes. Like get them. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I have a lot going. of things yes. to say or this, so I don't want to go too long, but the first thing is the Lord sees you. I may start crying. I don't want to start crying, but um, the passage of scripture that was so just, important to me during this season and still is important to me is Psalm 121. I lift my eyes mm. up to the hills from where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heavens and earth. Um, and it the passage goes on to say like he never slumbers or sleeps. Oh. And so when you are alone and it's 8 p.m. and you're putting the kids to bed and you're afraid of the night because it's long and you have to get up the next morning and do it again. Like the Lord's awake with you and he mm-hmm. never slumbers or sleeps and he sees the work you do and he sees the work your spouse does and um, he's there with you. And so, and to know you're not alone, like I've been there, you can call yes. me, you can reach out to me, I'll talk to you, <laughs> but just to know you're not alone and it feels, it can feel so lonely mm-hmm. on both parties probably. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're not alone. And then, Find good friends who know you. Um, Ashley Johnson, I can't speak <laughs> highly enough about how well she loved me through that season. Her husband had a very different career. He was self-employed. He was home early in the afternoons, but he was gone every weekend. Yeah, y'all had almost opposite We had schedules. almost opposite schedules. Um, but she knew me so intimately. She knew what my evenings were like. And mm. she, I knew I could call her. and. She would get it and she would listen to me and having a friend like that also look at me and say, why are you doing this to yourself? Like you could go to the gym at five o'clock and do a class and put your kids in the nursery. Why are you Mm -hmm. torturing yourself? Like go do something, you know, and just Mm -hmm. helping me see outside of myself of ways, even just practical ways to navigate the loneliness was huge in that season. So, um, community, so community, like lean into the people in your home group, um, or people that that you meet at the park or people, maybe other spouses that um, they're your, if your husband works at a law firm or as a doctor, like lean into yeah, the, those, those friendships. Yeah, yes. Those, yeah. And I actually didn't have many friends at all at that season whose husband had similar careers. And that was hard. I do think that's something from the outside looking in that the medical professionals tend to do pretty well. I like I feel do. like the yeah. spouses know mm-hmm. each other and like, they have like residency friends and right. that kind of stuff. It feels like they do that really well of yes. like forming a community with yes. one another. Yeah. And I, I don't know why that I, I just didn't have that community yeah. really. Another thing about um, the difference maybe between a legal career and it, I guess residency is very unpredictable, but a lot of our friends who were in the medical world, like they knew when they were on call, like it was a crazy weekend when they were on call. Right. But then they would be off. They could anticipate. There the was craziness. anticipation with yeah. us. It was we never knew. Like yeah. a judge could enter an order at eight a.m. Yeah. on a Friday, and that blew our weekend. You, know, you just yeah. never knew. So um, yeah, just even even if people aren't in your season of life, having a friend that knows you so well that could say like, "Come over and have 
a drink with me on my porch, bring your kids. Like, yeah. just don't be alone. Yeah. Um, so yeah, leaning into community, know, know that you are seen, self-care, find ways to mm-hmm. do the things you love. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know what that looks like for everybody. And it might take, might take time to figure that out, but, um, to take care of yourself and to know that, especially if you are staying home with young children, they will be better off if you are healthy mentally and emotionally. And sometimes True. that means being away from them for a little bit and that's mm-hmm. okay. Um, so self-care, trying yes. to think of other things. Oh, I remember my doctor telling me that with Anna. She yeah. was like, the thing that she needs the most is a healthy mom. Yeah. And I was like, oh, preach, Dr. Tell Russell. Tell me. Tell me I'm more. Like, just, just hug me. I'm, I tell her all the time. I'm like, I need to pay you yeah. more. You're my counselor, too. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that's that's yeah. a good word from a, from a doctor. Yes. Well, and to also recognize, like, your spouse, recognizing that tension. Mm-hmm. That your spouse has to feel like mm-hmm. they want to be home. Yeah. And the the seeds of bitterness and resentment that they they're not beneficial. Like they, because they, they want to be help. home. It's not yeah. gonna change anything. I actually was listening to Beth Moore's Chasing Vines. Have you listened to that I or read it yet? Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna misquote it terribly because I, I was listening to it and I was driving somewhere with the kids, you know, listen to it. But she talks about bitter fruit. Um, in wine and vineyards, how mm-hmm. they use a bitter, bitter fruit, they actually break it up and put it back in the soil to help fertilize hmm. the vines again. And so I've even thought about that, like the, even the bitter fruit and the resentful fruit that maybe I bore in those years, I think the Lord stripped from me and put it back in to bear sweet fruit sweet in our fruit. marriage. Like even yeah. those years that are really hard. And if you're walking through a season that's really hard and maybe even ugly, Turn it, repent, turn it to the Lord and see how that fruit can maybe be turned into something beautiful. And again, this is not me. This is the Lord doing a beautiful work in our marriage and keeping us together and um, giving us soft hearts for one another. But well, and I think to knowing, you know, you're sitting at this, you know, with a 13 year old, 17 years into marriage, whereas in the thick of it, you were what, like six years into marriage, seven, right. eight years into <laughs> yes, marriage. And yes. so like knowing this probably isn't going to last forever. Right. Right. Um, things likely will get better. Right. You know, like you don't stay at the same place forever. Right. Um, and so even knowing that, like this really is a season. It is a season. And if the season does last for a really long time it might be a good idea to reevaluate some of yeah. the things. Like, and is that's your family okay. thriving? Are you, yes, you know, are you holding? thriving? And I think some of the mistakes we made early on, and Thomas will admit to this too, is like maybe we were too involved with Redeemer in the early mm-hmm. years. Like he could have taken a couple more Sundays off yeah. and let somebody else play. Now, yeah. we didn't make that decision at the time. But, yeah. you know, if you, if you, and I don't know if that would have made a big difference in the long run, but if it is a career that there's no end in sight, like, yeah. There may be a time that you need to reevaluate, but yeah, it's not, it won't last forever. And especially when the kids get older, it does become easier in a lot of ways Mm -hmm. physically. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, and I'm even thinking like, you know, these, you know, talking about the bitterness or, you know, like keeping score, like we've obviously talked about it a lot through the lens of marriage and parenting and that kind of stuff. But even like in a roommate situation, right? Like, yes. When you live with anyone, it's like you're going to see the ugly in <laughs> yes. them and they're going to see the ugly in you. And so, yeah, like 
I'm just, I feel like a lot of this is even beneficial for like, I'm just a roommate. Absolutely. And I actually looked at my youngest child the other day. We'd had a hard day and I looked at him. I said, you know, we're family and that means we see the very best of each other and Mm -hmm. we see the very worst of each other and we see all in between. And that, Mm -hmm. whether it's a roommate or someone family, when you live with somebody, you see the best Mm -hmm. and the worst. I said, it's great when we're both at our best at the same time. It's really not great when we're both at our our worst, but thankfully (laughs) the Lord sustains us in those moments. And more often than not, one of us is having a hard day and one of us is having a good day and we can lift one another up in those times. But you were just explaining that to my nine-year-old, like, we're going to see. Yeah. We're we're human. We are human people who need Jesus. And we never meet each other's expectations and we never do it right but we get up the next morning and god's mercies are new every day and we start afresh and an apology um, will go a long way apology goes a long we're we're learning about that at our house yes and acknowledging like like just you just have to say you're sorry you didn't mean to it and i mean isn't that true too in marriage like when you love and trust your spouse and you know that they have your best interests at heart and they're doing hard work to glorify mm-hmm. the Lord. It does, it does shed light on even hard arguments. Like what the, these arguments are essential to get to a deeper place in our relationship. Mm-hmm. But the self, the stripping of the self is so much more important than mm-hmm. the being right or, mm-hmm. um, yeah, of being right and being prideful in those situations because yeah. we've had doozies of arguments where it's. They've led to deeper intimacy, and a lot of that comes with, okay, I, I confess I was yeah wrong. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So. Yeah. Oh, and it's painful. It I don't hurts. Like, I don't like being wrong. I know it. It doesn't. And unfortunately, yeah. sometimes I am. I know. <sighs> I am a lot. <laughs> Seriously. I feel like I'm wrong all the time. But. Seriously. Anyway. Um, no, I think this is just so helpful. And like I said, I have like several people in mind when I'm talking mm-hmm. to you of just like friends that I have because, you know, I'm in that phase of like, you are oh, the third baby's coming. You're and, in that phase. You know, and, and so a lot of my friends are too. And it's interesting, like Josh and I talk about, we're like the most physically demanding time, these little kids is also a lot of times like the grind time of career. Right, early careers. Right. Like it's yes. when he was an associate and having to work so hard and so many right. hours that's when like it was the most physically demanding yes. at home and so you know i i have so many friends walking through that fortunately you know josh does not work those kind of crazy hours but it's very common i mean it especially is. a redeemer too like so many medical professionals right. lawyers graduate school things like i mean there's a lot there are a lot of people um who just work weird hours and right. The schedules are just all over the place. And, you know, I just, I think you shared so much. Oh, that can be well, helpful. I hope it was helpful. And <laughs> you've lived through it I and have, you're still living and through you it. Will and come out on the other side. And, 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 and like, even thinking now about our kids at this age, like, they're my buddies. Yeah. They're, we even went through a season a couple of years ago when they stopped needing me as much physically and oh. they would like play outside by themselves. And like, like, where'd they go? Like, they're wait, my friends. What? <laughs> like, well, you know, so it changes from the. And while I still need breaks, the, yeah. it is like it is their sweet season too, yeah. where we're we're together a lot, and it's actually like really sweet. Yeah. But um, the teens yeah. aren't so bad, or the preteens. The teens have not been bad for us yet. Yeah. 
Also, my daughter's not very dramatic at all, which is, and she's like super chill. And so that, I yes. think maybe it'll hit us, but right now we're. Come on, we can only hope so. I know, right? My, let's pray. <laughs> I know. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a tough season and who knows why it all happens at once. But um, yeah, seasons are called seasons for a reason. Mm-hmm. They don't last forever. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I yeah. am an open book. If anybody hears this podcast and wants to reach out to me and talk through it, like I I really, I love people. I love being resourced to people. I love being with people. So your friends can always call me. They don't have to creepily stalk you. You can stalk me, but I'm more fun in person. I'm not that interesting. Uh, Well, thank you so much for spending the time. And like I said, I just know it's going to be beneficial. Um, Yeah. Like I said, I just have so many people in mind that I'm like, I know you're walking through this right now. And like. Keep on keeping on, yes, sister. Yes, like. push, push on. <laughs> yes. Well, well thank thanks you. Thanks a lot. Yeah.